Oh, still muted there. But welcome back to Rise to Liberty podcast. Today, I am joined by Gavin Sorol, correct? Yep, Sariel, yeah. Sariel. Okay. So uh, just real quick, um, I wanted to drop our newest sponsor. Um, luckily, thanks to them, uh, we can keep this show moving. So right now, you can go to nadushaveco.com. Use promo code RISE15 uh, at checkout to get 15% off your order. Uh, Nadu Shave Co., where tradition beats modernity. So thanks to them uh, for sponsoring the show. Now let's just dive straight into it. Um, you are the founder and CEO of Arc Crypto. Exactly what do you guys do for for people who have never heard of you? Yeah, so we teach what's called decentralized finance. And decentralized finance is basically a way for you to become your own bank. And, you know, given the, the headaches and the downfall of so many of these regional banks and probably soon, you know, large banks, um, you know, in my opinion, I think it's always good to have some money stashed away in your own custody. Uh, but what we teach is basically, you know, the, the new tricks of finance, which is doing what the banks do. And what, what that is, is essentially like peer-to-peer -peer lending, peer-to-peer -peer trading, um, and allowing people like real financial freedom. Like in my opinion, if you have like all your money in the bank, you don't have financial freedom because for whatever reason, government steps in and locks your money up uh, you're screwed. But with the blockchain, you're able to have, you know, custody of your own money. And there are things that you have to set up properly. But that's essentially what we've been teaching now, um, since January of 2018. So you guys are really taking the place of what should be done, uh, typically in schools. Because I, I'm, I'm not sure if you remember too much, but I was never taught financial literacy in school. Well, it's not just financial literacy. It's also custody, right? And, you know, our, our founding fathers, for those of you who are in the United States, um, you know, really wanted a decentralized system. I mean, that's kind of the whole reason that, you know, behind America and, um, the, the more that America grew and grew and grew, the more centralized it got. Um, and obviously it's, you know, it's now sitting in its iteration. So it's not just teaching people financial literacy. It's also teaching people financial custody, um, which is, in my opinion, just as important as like knowing what you're doing. So, I mean, you don't have to go that far to realize the economy is not great. Uh, in my opinion, you also don't have to go that far to find out why. Um, it, it seems fairly obvious to anyone even halfway paying attention. Um, but just on the odds that somebody isn't paying attention, do you want to give them your synopsis of like why you believe things are getting so bad and why a service like yours is so needed today? Yeah, I mean, you've got, let's kind of, go back because this started a long time ago and this started, you know, back around the early 1970s, 71, 72, when we got off the gold standard. 
allegedly for like the second time. Um, and why did, why did we get off the gold standard? Um, because all these other countries that were using our currency as a reserve status, um, you know, at one point in time, believed that they could cash in their dollar notes for gold. And when the United States government started printing more dollars than it had gold, these governments were like, wait a second, we'd rather have the gold than the dollars because that's what actually has value. And so they depegged it. And ever since then, and we've seen this in multiple different civilizations before Rome, Spain, China. Um, but once they depegged it, they debased it. And what ended up happening was we started seeing cost of goods go like this, but wages go like this. And so we've had this deviation, massive deviation over the last, you know, 50 some years in cost of goods and wages. And that's why like we're in kind of like a recession kind of, um, but the real recession is like a slow bleed and that slow bleed is, and it's just going to keep getting wider and wider is, you know, the haves between and, and the haves nots. And so one of the things that we do is we show people how to get access to different things in the DeFi ecosystem so that you can actually keep up with inflation. Cause you know, you can take a look at inflation. They say they're going to bring it down to like 2%. I don't know if I buy that. Uh, I don't think it was ever 2%. If you take a look at, you know, cost of goods and, and housing and rent and, and all these things, um, food. I mean, if you take a look at just your food bill, let's say from 2019 to today, it hasn't gone up by 8% or 10%. It's up 100%. And so there's some numbers there that are being fudged that I just don't quite buy. Um, but the wages haven't ended up keeping up with it. So how do you, how do you end up um, preserving your capital? Well, you're not going to put it into a 10-year T-bill because that would be you know, absolutely ludicrous. Because if you're not making, in my opinion, at least 7 to 12% per year, then you're losing money to inflation. So you've got to find the right assets that will outperform inflation. And, and that's what we're, you know, showing our students. Now, sometimes it comes with, a, you know, so a little bit of a, a tightening your belt and, and, and having laser focus uh, because the crypto market is a wild ride. It is the wild, wild west right now. Uh, but just like in the wild, wild west, there was a lot of opportunities, but a lot of scams, a lot of, you know, a lot of, uh, uh, pitfalls that you can be a victim of. And, and that's what we've, um, you know, experienced ourselves and now are able to teach our students like, Hey, don't do this. Stick to here. Even though it's not as sh quite as shiny, you're going to be okay. Here's why. And that those are the, the things that we teach. But the, the main lesson here is how do we outpace inflation so that when we get old enough, you know, we're not living off a two thousand uh, dollar per month Social Security if it's around. Um, and that's two thousand dollars 
25, 30 years from now, which God knows what that's going to really be worth. In my opinion, I don't think it's going to be worth much. Yeah. So it, it kind of seems like, correct me if I'm wrong um, or, or tell me if you agree with this is it, crypto it's here to stay no matter what there's, I mean, without something major happening to actually, I'm not even sure exactly what could get rid of cryptocurrency itself, but this is an ecosystem that it's better to learn about it because it's pretty much here to stay. Would you agree? 100%. In fact, you know, I was just at the gym uh, this morning and I was uh, with a buddy of mine. He's, he's an older gentleman. He's in his mid sixties and, you know, we're having a discussion and, you know, he's very big on real estate and gold, which that era is very traditional on, but you know, our age, um, we're not buying, we might be buying some gold, but at the end of the day, like, why would you buy gold when you have Bitcoin? And, you know, the use case for Bitcoin, in my opinion, is, is way stronger than gold, like gold, you know, to transport, let's say you've got a million bucks worth of gold. You're not, you know, unless you're taking it on your private jet. And if you have only a million dollars in gold, you don't have a private jet, you know, like you're not taking that across the border very easily. Um, and where are you storing that? Right. Most likely you're not storing that in your home. You're storing it in some, you know, institution or bank where, um, you've probably been KYC'd and the government knows what you have. So with crypto, and I'm not saying that, you know, anybody should hide, uh, from the government at all, but with crypto, at least you have custody of it. So you have the ability to transport it with, you know, a small thumb drive. Um, or, you know, your keys, if you're very bright, you can memorize your keys and, you know, you just restore your wallet when you get to whatever country that you decide to, or whatever destination you decide to. Uh, and so if you need to access the crypto, so I think, you know, a lot of people just, they sit here and they get real caught up in trading and finding the next, you know, hundred X gem. Um, but really what crypto is about is a more effective transfer of value and a more decentralized uh, transfer of value. And I think that's what, you know, we all want, like the, the technology is there and it's like you said, it's not going anywhere. It's just getting better. And each time we have kind of these bear markets, um, you know, everybody just kind of tightens their belt and, and puts their head down and pedals that way as fast as they can and as hard as they can. And lo and behold, the technology just keeps evolving and evolving. So we're, we're really bullish at my company about where crypto is headed. So one thing I know that I've, I've heard a lot from people is, is a concern of crypto uh, becoming centralized pretty much just like our current fiat federal reserve notes. Um, I, I know a lot of people have made the argument specifically like with Bitcoin that it's, it's pretty much already compromised because of, who's funding um, the, the, the programming behind it, um, which I, I would probably agree with. Um, what, in, in your opinion, what do you believe are some ways to be able to hedge against this? You know, <laughs> the, for me, the, the most important thing is, is not allowing like a CBDC or a central bank 
digital currency, although I, I think it's inevitable, unfortunately. Are, are you know, are there state heads um, determining the direction of Bitcoin? Possibly. Are there state heads determining the direction of Ethereum? Possibly. But at the end of the day, you know, um, there's some really, really bright individuals who do believe in that decentralization and the, and the freedom and uh, right to your own property. And I think we would have known, and I'm not a programmer myself, but I think we would know if they had some, you know, back door in there that could suck all the Bitcoin back, but that would give it zero value. So I don't think that they're really interested in that. So while they could be doing that, um, it would behoove them, you know, probably not to let that cat out of the bag, because if that happens, then you know, the actual value of Bitcoin goes to zero. And I don't think that they're interested in, in letting that occur. Um, not by any means. So one thing, uh, you would, uh, brought up the term DeFi. Do you want to explain what that is for people who don't know? Yeah. So DeFi is decentralized finance. So we have like TradFi, which is traditional finance. So that's, you know, when you talk about TradFi, you're talking about the NASDAQ, the New York Stock Exchange, you're talking about JP Morgan Chase, you're talking about TD Ameritrade, like the institutions, the brokers, the banks. And essentially what happens is they have custody of all your money. And when they have custody of all your money and stocks and bonds and all this stuff, they also are uh, privy to all of the fees that are charged along with it, right? And everybody gets a cut. Uh, the bank gets the cut, the institution gets the cut, the broker gets the cut, everybody gets a cut except for the little guy. And um, none of it is transparent either, right? So, you know, when you have a lot of these, um, these big names, like, you know, the, the top investors in the world, like Nancy Pelosi, um, and, uh, you know, some of these other politicians, right? Um, they don't have to register their trades within, you know, 45 to 60 days of them making them. And by then they've already probably made off with a bundle of money. That's why they're outperforming the market because they do get access to insider trading uh, and they use it to their advantage. And there's no law that's stopping them. Now, if you're on the blockchain, one, you get access to actually have the opportunity to make those fees that the banks and institutions do by providing liquidity. Uh, and I'll circle back on that here in a second. But two, you also have transparency. So like one of the things that I do often, like yesterday uh, for about two hours and today, I go looking through some different wallets and seeing what their strategies are. And I can see like clearly exactly what they're buying, where they have it uh, staked at or where they're providing liquidity at. And I can see kind of where the trends are headed based off of that. Now imagine again, Nancy Pelosi, if she had to put all her stuff on a public blockchain, which that's the key, uh, is having money on a public blockchain where everybody could see, well, you just even it, evened out the playing field, right? And so that's what I'm um, really for is the transparency, the decentralization. And, and I think that at the end of the day, that's going to win versus, you know, this secret society fiat currency shit that just people keep uh you know putting on a pedestal that's just not serving anybody it's not working and it's we're starting to see that by all the things that we were talking about earlier by the deviation of 
inflation and, and, uh, and wages. And people are just done. I think they're just starting to see, you know, through the veil. You know, one, one thing that kind of makes me laugh is a, a lot of these uh, dinosaurs in Congress and everything or uh, over at the FEC are trying to govern this new technology by the traditional finance rules, which yeah. th those rules are already archaic considering, you know, just normal traditional finance. Yet they're trying to govern this brand new technology that's just really in its infant stage by the same rules. Um, yeah. What, what, what do you view uh, what, what the FEC is doing regarding pretty much anything uh, regarding uh, crypto? You're talking about the SEC? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, uh, well, let's talk about that because that's, that's really important. Like, I am totally against the SEC. I mean, it's a run by numbskull number one, Gary Gensler. And I mean, <laughs> I've never never in my life. And I've been in crypto now for six years um, and been teaching it for five and a half. All right. And, you know, Jay Clayton, the SEC um, commissioner, the head of the SEC um, last time around during the Trump administration was, um, you know, he was skeptical. Like there was a lot of crazy stuff going on back then, like uh, ICOs and, and just rug pulls left and right. Um, but even he's gotten on over the last, you know, few months saying basically that this guy, Gary Gensler has, you know, uh, his head in the sand and not his head in the sand. He actually knows what he's doing very well. I mean, he used to teach crypto at MIT for God's sake. So, uh, he's been, he's been, uh, uh, quoted and videotaped publicly essentially saying that, 85% of the cryptos in the world back in like 2018 or 2019 are all um, are not securities are commodities. And so I think that we got to identify a couple of things. One, um, I think some form of regulation is important because there's a ton of scams. In fact, I'm working on a YouTube video just before I jumped on this in regards to scams. And so we've got to come up with protections because, you know, there's not so many people that are as savvy and I've even gotten scammed. All right. As like somebody has been doing this for a really long time. Um, but there has to be some, uh, level of, of, um, of regulation. Now here's the caveat, right? We have these things called smart contracts and, we have the technology right now in order to come up with the laws and make sure that none of those scams ever see the light of day in a, in a uh, decentralized, regulated uh, arena. And I think that, you know, the SEC, the CFTC is, you know, maybe not the CFTC as much because they're not so big as the SEC, but the SEC is horrified of this, in my opinion, because guess what you do if you put these regulations on the front end? You no longer need an SEC or you no longer need the size of the SEC. And I mean, in my opinion, that's probably a savings of billions of dollars and um, the savings of billions of dollars in scams. 
Um, and that's, that's the thing is that somebody's benefiting from all of this and I'm just not buying it because again, using smart contracts, we can set this up and go and set parameters going like, okay, if, um, if you do not meet these requirements, you cannot launch to United States citizens. And, um, and there's, but there's plenty, and this is the, the worst part about it because they're lumping in every single protocol but people are, are finding ways around it. And, and again, uh, it's just like fiat currency. They're starting to see around it and go, wait a second, this is an agenda here. And, um, and I think, you know, hopefully if we can get uh, another government regime and I'm not Republican or Democrat, I think it's just kind of right wing, left wing, same bird, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I think that if we can get somebody in the, in the Oval Office that's um, a little bit more pro-crypto and who understands that and who, you know, actually believes that um, that you should have the right to your money. You know, I think that's one of the, uh, one of the um, what's it called? The amendments of, of the Constitution, constitutional rights that we have is the right to property. Uh, like, yeah, right? But the government, you know, keeps violating man, I'm, I would argue almost every amendment that we have, and especially when it comes to privacy. So I think people are starting to lean more and more towards, look, we do want our privacy. Um, and it's because of people like you and me that are creating even more and more awareness. And we can now do that with technology. Um, but, um, you know, that essentially that's what DeFi, DeFi is our ability to be the bank. Uh, to make the money that the bank does by um, by providing liquidity, by providing the loans, and using smart contracts to to allow your neighbor to do that at a reasonable rate, not you know some astronomical rate. So, I I would say that um, you know to kind of piggyback off of what I had said earlier that this this technology is here to stay. Um, I, I'm not sure if you saw there, there was a, uh, a poll through the Cato Institute, I believe, uh, asking people about whether they supported a central banking digital currency. And most people said, no, they don't. But then it turns out that most people actually don't even know what that is. Right. And so <laughs> it kind of seems like since this technology is here, there are, I, I would argue nefarious people with, you know, really bad intentions to be able to harness this technology, to be able to use it against us where people like you step in, it allows pe normal people, everyday people to understand the technology, to be able to harness it for themselves, to keep it out of the hands and possibly fight back against that. Would you agree? Oh yeah. 100%. But here, and here's what I, I think is going to occur, and we're starting to see it happen like under our noses right now. So we have these things called stable coins. And for those of you who don't know what a stable coin is, a stable coin is a cryptocurrency that is either backed or pegged one-to-one -one with a dollar. So one USDC is worth $1, and it'll only ever be worth $1. Um, and so what's what's happening is we have, these big institutions now, like let's say PayPal, just uh, last month or the month before, came out with their own stablecoin. So this huge platform with 453 million customers 
is now um, is now uh, has their own cryptocurrency. And while it's not fully decentralized, you're able to circulate it decentralized. But if you're a bad actor uh, or, you know, let's say uh, you say something wrong uh, on social media, like they were trying to uh, find people, uh, then they could revoke your your PI USD is what it's called, PYUSD. Um, but I think that you're going to start to see a lot more stable coins flowing around and not CBDCs, at least not in the short term, because stable coins are already here. And, you know, we're starting to see USDT uh, go up. USDC has kind of gone down. There was a, a, a bit of a issue with um, Silicon Valley Bank where they had 3 billion of their uh, reserves with them, but they, they honored, the government obviously honored that. Uh, and now they're actually going directly to the government to buy these uh, bonds, short-term bonds, so that they don't get you know caught in the same situation like Silicon Valley Bank did. Um, but who who there's, just collapsed not that long ago, correct? Yeah, that's back in I think February or March. Um, they collapsed, um, and again, there was three billion dollars uh, in Silicon Valley Bank that you know they were just holding there, right? Now, luckily, the, the, the government honored uh, that, but uh, now what's happening is the, the governments are allowing these stablecoin providers to actually go directly to them um, and buy the bonds themselves so that they're not stuck in these predicaments anymore. But that's already out, and it's already circulating, and you have countries like um, Turkey, like Lebanon, like Argentina – where they're already using stable coins and that's how they're preserving their value. Um, and in my opinion, that's how you end up circulating the dollar throughout the entire world. You're not going to do it with an oppressive, uh, you know, programmable money, which is what a CBDC is because like, let's say Russia learn um, or some of these other, you know, countries that are definitely not pro us, they can just sanction the heck out of them or even say, oh, your money's not worth anything anymore. You know, where with C with the, with the stable coins, it's going to be a little bit harder to do that. Uh, and especially with some of these stable coins like USDT that are not even venued in the United States. Um, the, the United States is going to have a little bit more difficulty trying to, you know, stop that than their actual dollars. So, but in my opinion, you know, if the government, wants to really, really let the dollar circulate through the world, let these companies back it up with, you know, actual bonds that creates demand for the government as well to print more money uh, or to lend more money, I should say, and make interest on it. And, and then they can circulate that throughout the world and, uh, and everybody wins in my opinion, but Let's see. I mean, if the if the United States gets too greedy and they want a CBDC, they may do it. But I think that they're going to be up against, um, you know, a lot of people who are not interested, especially given the landscape of like bricks going on and cryptocurrencies at the same time. There's a lot of innovative stuff that, in my opinion, will kick the dollar's ass. Um, so they, I think they need to tread very, very lightly. Yeah, it kind of seems like they they need to really take a hands-off approach if they're going to be smart about this. Otherwise, they will tank what is left. 
because that will just scare off anybody. Yeah. Why, why would you want a CBDC where literally you're dealing directly with the bank now and with the stroke of a button, you, all your money can be canceled. I think all, every country is now kind of looking at that going like, I don't like the way the, the looks of that, <laughs> you know, I don't like the looks yeah. of that. That doesn't, that doesn't, uh, that could be really harmful to our country. Yeah. Um, so, something that this is kind of where, you know, I, I'm a privacy coin advocate. I'm a hundred percent bullish on Monero. Um, you know, there, there are other, other privacy coins out there that I think have utility. However, I think Monero is king. Um, and I'm, I'm also a, an individual who believes that we should focus on the privacy because privacy needs to be key when it comes to any of these systems. Uh, if, if, if it's not private from the ground up, then it's not private. However, I do believe certain things like Bitcoin still have utility, but this is kind of where my personal opinion is where you straddle inside the system and outside the system. So yeah, where, where, where is your position on uh, the, the privacy end of all of this technology? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely a proponent of privacy. Um, obviously like that's, that's one of the cruxes of crypto. Obviously, though, if you know what my wallet address is, you can see, you know, everything that I'm transacting in. Um, at the same time, I, I really do think that a little bit of transparency isn't going to kill anybody. And especially with our government so corrupt. Um, I think if we have a public blockchain where we can take a look and see, hey, did Nancy Pelosi insider trade? Did Ted Cruz insider trade? Um, and or and at least evening out the playing field, right? Like, can I at least do what they do then? <laughs> you know, can I at least jump on the <laughs> wagon? Yeah. Uh, then, then I'm all for that. But I do think that we should have um, definitely a level of privacy um, that, you know, Monero does provide and a whole bunch of other privacy coins do. I have a, there's a privacy coin on the Cosmos ecosystem and I'm drawing a blank, but that's the, the one that I am invested in. Uh, I do like it because there are smart contracts on that uh, and it is linked to decentralized finance. You have decentralized exchanges where you can trade peer to peer there um, and it's just built for that, but it is built um, on a layer of privacy. Uh, and again, I'm drawing a blank on what the name of, I have so many cryptos in my brain and I haven't looked at it in a while. So, but I do, I do appreciate privacy and, and if you want to be private with your transactions, I think you have the right to, and like you said, and maybe it's a thing of where you're going in and out of different systems, which, you know, I think Ethereum is doing a great job at, you know, creating bridges to do that. Um, and Cosmos ecosystem as well. So if you wanted to go private, there's already a chain that's full DeFi that you can, you know, deposit your money to in there and not have to worry about, you know, getting, uh, uh, you know, spied on. So one, one thing I wanted to bring up and we'll kind of move on af after this is there's like, for instance, in, in my state, there is a, a local uh, county government who is actually taken to putting official government documents on the blockchain. And this has a lot of people worried 
uh, they started putting marriage licenses on the blockchain. Um, last I heard, they were not accepted by the Social Security Administration as of yet. Um, but there has been some been some really sketchy things happening uh, only because they'll they'll do marriage licenses for anyone around the world at all. And it's now on the blockchain completely open to to the public. Um, and there have been concerns of human trafficking actually taking place through this. Um, what what are some some things that at least you know about that could that the normal person could do to kind of help fight back against this what I view as an abuse of the technology? So, you know, let me ask let me ask a question because I want to understand how I can. Yep. Um, bring value to that question. So are, you're saying that by them putting these things such as like marriage license, title, deeds, all that stuff on the blockchain, that that like lessens their, uh, their privacy? Or are you saying that it's a, it's a benefit because we're able to now see some of this child trafficking going on in real time almost? Well, it, I, I do believe that it it takes away the privacy and I mean, some of this stuff is public record, so you can go out and go, you know, access it if you need to. Um, however, th this is a, a technology. First of all, this is controlled largely by a organization that's have proven themselves to be incompetent over and over. Yeah, <laughs> and that's for sure. Now we are trusting, entrusting them with uh, medical records, school records, criminal records, uh, everything all put onto this new technology that most people don't know what it is, don't know how it works. Um, and with, with a government, whether it's uh, federal or local, with them pushing forward, uh, not act, not giving the people access to the education about what it is and how it works, I view that as an abuse of the technology uh, against us because they'll be able to set it up any way that they want to to use it against us. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, if you have, if you definitely, I think one, one of the things that having kind of the old system, it kind of slows people down to, to finding things uh, and, and, you know, potentially using that to, to exploit somebody or to, to use against them in some regards. Um, but, you know, like, la I think it was last year, or the year before, uh, Vitalik Buterin wrote a white paper on something called soulbound tokens. And soulbound tokens are basically a token that gets sent to you and it can never leave your, your wallet. It is bound to you forever. It's not really worth much in the sense that you can like sell it like an NFT or, or another cryptocurrency. And I think that if we can educate people um, on it and create a system around those soulbound tokens, where let's say, for instance, that information isn't uh, provided to everybody, but provided to that person with that soulbound token. Um, I think that would be a more beneficial thing because, you know, what is crypto again? It's the, it's the transfer of, of value and information uh, at a much faster rate than we had before. And so 
let's say for instance, if I need to get like, you know, my marriage certificate for one reason or another, why do I still need to go through all of these, you know, major hurdles to get this to me, right? Where if I have a soul bound token and I'm the only one that's able to do that and I can show and verify, uh, you know, by auditing the smart contracts that that works that way, exactly what it says, then I think we should be able to have access on the blockchain. But there's, like you said, there's some things that come along with that. Education is a big thing, right? Which nobody's, I mean, it's so stupid when I hear these government entities doing things like that and they're not teaching anybody how to use it, right? Like 99% of the people don't know how to actually use the blockchain. Maybe they own crypto, but it's on Coinbase. It's on crypto.com, right? But teach them, hey, this is what the benefit is. And here's how your privacy is being protected. Uh, then I am a proponent for it. But if you're just throwing it out there and anybody can access it, heck no, no way. Yeah, it kind of seems like the only way for a system like that to work is if the individual actually has the ability to say who has access to it if they have right. like the ultimate access like this is the these are my keys to all of this information and i can decide as an individual who has access to what information giving right. uh the individual the ultimate say over their information that that seems legitimate to me but we also need people to understand how that would actually work yeah no, I, I 100% agree. And, you know, there are things like, let's say, for instance, um, there's like a project right now called VRA, uh, Veracity. And Veracity is a place where, you know, you can co-play video games and they do like esports and all this stuff. Um, but part of the, the esports um, thing is they're going to have advertisers, right? Well, instead of, you know, just going out and advertising everybody and like Google sells all of your information, you know, and Facebook and all these, all these Apple, uh, all these guys sell your information. What ends up happening now is you have to give them permission. So you may go like, you know what? All right, cool. Yeah. You guys can advertise to me, but instead of paying the platform, all of the money, me as the watcher, I want to get some money right? Like you want access to my information, I get paid for that. And, and that's going to be, in my opinion, during this next full run cycle, uh, is going to be a big thing because think of YouTube, think of, um, you know, all these things where you're telling people, Hey, give me your information and I'll pay you to like, show you my content or show you my ads. I think that's going to be a game changer uh for commerce as a whole um but again there has to be that like main thing there called consent and i i think you know like we've all seen this with social media with all these platforms right they have just sold us like cattle you know and crypto changes that crypto changes that and i think again it's another way for us to distribute the wealth as opposed to having that wealth centralized in these technocrats. So really we do, we were like at the precipice of like ultimate freedom coming back to the people if they want it. Yeah. 100%. I mean, 
you know, if, if what I'm hoping is, is if enough people, uh, don't accept a CBDC, if enough people are like, I'm fed up with Facebook, I'm fed up with YouTube, I'm fed up with these people. I, I want to get paid for that. Like my time is worth money. My information is worth money. My being is worth money and not to other companies, but to me, I should be able to participate in that. I think we're going to have a revolution like we've never seen. And especially with AI uh, coming out, I mean, it's just getting easier and easier to work and easier and easier to delegate things off um, and not have to have so many people. So how are we going to keep an economy going? It's going to be a digital economy and it's going to be probably based on attention. So th this leads me to ask the question, um, somebody who doesn't know anything about this, where do they start? I mean, you can head over to our website, uh, arcrypto.io. Um, you know, we've got a lot of resources there on, you know, how this DeFi actually works. Um, you know, the other thing is you can go down, you know, to YouTube University and, uh, and try to get that uh, set up. Um, that's the way I did it, of course, but, um, and, and just a lot of trial and error, but we've got, you know, I think we've got over, 12, 13 coaches right now. Um, and we've got, um, another man, 12, 13 staff. Uh, we've got six classes, um, that, uh, we do during the week, um, with new information and, uh, another three classes that are just constantly rolling, uh, live with workshops, uh, and we can definitely help people, you know, kind of avoid some of those traps, like the scams, like, you know, giving away your keys uh, and showing them how to really self custody their money and make that passive income so that you don't have to, you know, be uh, competing with inflation for your dollars. So that's, uh, that's how they can learn, in my opinion, or find another company that does something similar to what we do. Yeah, but let's, let's just go to you instead because it, yeah you know track track record has proven you know and it's really really easy to fall into these scams even people trying to teach i've noticed there's yeah. i mean i still get messages text messages phone calls emails of like i actually got a nigerian email scam just a couple of months ago and that's been going since what the late 90s <laughs> you know yeah yeah you know, that's still and, happening and so in this new technology it all of it looks so bright and shiny like you were saying and it's very easy to trip into a scam yeah and i'll you know like for your audience let me give you because there's you know especially last year when kind of the liquidity dried up because the fed started lifting the interest rates and it just started sucking all the liquidity out of anything that had any risk associated with it, except for real estate. Um, and, and so, you know, there was, there was probably two or three, um, I don't even want to call them projects because they weren't projects, but investments that I got into that I got scammed and I couldn't believe it. I was like, Oh my gosh, this is like, you know, 
really bad. Now, the good thing is I didn't have all of my money in there, obviously, because I knew that anytime I gave away my money to somebody else, there was a potential that I was going to lose it. But I'm going to say this just for your audience, because I think it's really, really important. Um, two things to remember. All right. If you do have a wallet, okay. If you're being asked for your keys, either by a website or a person, you're about to have all of your money stolen from you. That's in that wallet. Okay. Another thing is if you send people crypto and they tell you that they're going to make you some guaranteed, some astronomical rate guaranteed, you know, um, then you're asking to, to have your money stolen. And so, you know, there's, there are no guarantees in investments. There are no guarantees in crypto. Um, and you certainly need to be vigilant when, you know, you're, you're being solicited. And especially if your money goes away. Now, if you're, if you learn decentralized finance and you put it into a smart contract protocol that, um, you know, that's got a good interface and a good team behind it, and you've done your research and you know what to look for like us, um, then that's great. That's okay. You can put it into the smart contract because I trust the code more than I trust people. And so those are the things you really got to watch out for because the scams just keep getting more and more elaborate. Anytime you transfer your money to somebody else and they may even pay you some money back, right? Uh, Which is, you know, one of the scams that I got personally got into and I didn't have a lot. I had a, maybe six Ethereum in there. All right. Which for me, it wasn't a lot, uh, for somebody else, maybe it would have been, but, uh, compared to my entire portfolio, but still it sucked because I'm like, man, you know, these guys literally took me for a ride. They allegedly had some insurance, um, backed by a high valued asset asset. And they had, uh, a, um, a law firm in London and Dubai certify the insurance contract. And I mean, it was, uh, it it was, it ended up being a scam. Uh, This high value asset uh, was ended up being worth five, $10,000. We had it personally appraised uh, after the fact. And it was just like my heart sank, but, uh, but I learned, I learned the lesson right now. I just go there. If it's not DeFi, uh, or let's say if it's not in an account, like a, a public account, a Binance account, a Binance.us or Coinbase, where I actually have custody of it, um, then I'm not, I'm, I'm not even coming close to touching it. And I don't have any, really any money in centralized accounts, but you know, maybe somebody wants to use like a high frequency trading bot or something that connects to that. I understand that. That's, that there's you know, potentially scams there, but they're fewer and far between. Um, and you know, that's, that's the only thing, uh, that I would have like any money in a centralized exchange, but you got to be careful because there are some elaborate scams going on right now. And anytime, uh, you're transferring money to somebody, you need to be double, triple, quadruple checking. Uh, and in 99.99% of the times I would not do it. So I think that's that's one thing that scares so many people off is just because there there is so much personal responsibility. And as somebody who, you know, pushes the Liberty message, which is all personal responsibility, it's a really tough sale these days. <laughs> you know, it's it's really tough. Um, 
but I have noticed there are organizations such as yours that make it digestible. Um, what, what, what's some tips that you have for people getting into this? Because it, it is extremely overwhelming. Uh, just like looking from the outside in. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things, like you said, there's, you know, there's a lot of these coaching businesses or info businesses where they'll teach you how to make a million bucks in 10 weeks. Right. Um, and, and so what I always tell everybody is like, don't FOMO slow-mo, right? Like slow yourself down. Um, you're not in any hurry. Uh, most money is made over time. All right. It is, it is definitely, um, a rule of thumb. Now, can you get lucky in crypto? Yeah. You know, like you could get in, like I, you know, I really started hitting crypto hard. Um, I kind of went away cause I was diagnosed with colon cancer. So I went away for about a year and some months, uh, from teaching crypto and I got back in, I still had crypto, but I didn't was really wasn't passively managing it. I got back in, in 2020 and I took, you know, $15,000 and dollar cost average in about another 120 over the following two years. I turned that into over $2 million in just, you know, a year and a half or year and three quarters. Um, and was I lucky? No, because I, I also understood what I was doing. Um, but I also got in right at the right time. Now, if I would have really been paying attention in 2018 and 2019 and the parts that I missed out, I would have made a whole bunch more money. Right. But it's during those hard times, you got to slow it down. Don't get crazy. Don't be buying these meme coins. Don't, take a tip from your friend because they probably don't know, you know, like I have so many analytics, Jacob, that I go through before I buy a crypto. And most of my crypto is in Bitcoin and Ethereum. Uh, just cause I take a look at some of these cryptos and I'm like, this is BS. This is, this is crap. But how do you grow your Bitcoin? So instead of you owning one Bitcoin, you know, by the end of two years, you've got 200 Bitcoin. Um, that's what we teach. And, and it's, it's a simple formula. It's just the way the institutions do it, but they, we don't have access to it, you know? Uh, but now with crypto and DeFi, we do. So again, like the most important thing is don't come in here expecting to get rich quick, slow it down, learn the skills, learn the tools so that when you buy even Bitcoin or Ethereum, you're like, I made the right decision. I made the right decision. So I've always viewed these, these, uh, these coaching programs, like I'll get you rich in a week as just like the, as seen on TV, like I'll get you fit yeah. in a week. Right. It's right. Like, <laughs> it's, it's just like junk material. Yeah. And in those, in those coaching programs, you're the product, like your right. information you know, adding to their email list, which they can do God knows what with. And you are the product that they're trying to make money off of, which they inevitably do. 100%. Yeah. And, so, you know, and look, and, and 
so at the beginning, when I first started this, I had to tussle with that as well, because I'm sitting here going like, cause so many people, including like some of my business partners who hadn't even signed up with us yet. I remember one in specific, Jeremy, he goes, so if you're doing so well, how come you need to sell a course? And my answer to that is, is because I really do believe in mass adoption and, um, and my time is valuable. So if I'm going to, you know, if I'm going to take some time from going to teach people away from me managing my portfolio, and also I don't want to go and do what I used to do either, which was working in the law and trading crypto. I'd rather create a community, which we've got a wonderful community, an amazing community where we can be talking about crypto and I'm teaching what I really love while simultaneously investing and sharpening my own skills. And so the, the way I see it is, do I make money off of my students? 100% for them coming in, right? I'm not going to shy away from that. And I'm not going to say, you know, no, of course I don't. Do I take a majority of that money and invest it? 100%. And, at, you know, at one point in time, I was taking 100% of my, of the money that I would earn uh, from education and putting it into, um, into decentralized finance. And I would live off of the dividends that I was, that I was making. Um, but right now, is in my opinion is the time to be stacking and I'm putting as much back into that as I can um, and not taking any out because I want to see that compound effect so that, you know, in two years when, uh, or next year when the Bitcoin having occurs and when the market starts to really explode, I want to have, you know, not the 2.5 million that I made exponentially higher this time around. So what, what would lead you uh, somebody with your knowledge, what what would lead you to believe that we'll we'll see this huge explosion uh, coming up? Not that I disagree. I'm just curious what what your stance is. You know, we've got we've got the institutions coming in now, um, and I think that they're they're just not turning a blind eye to it. They're they're in the you know what's what's that? First they ignore you, then they laugh at you, then they fight you, then you win. But one, I'm going to take it a step further. Uh, once you win, they join you. And I believe that that's really what's happening. And, you know, for those of us who have been in crypto for like, let's say the last six, seven years, you know, it's been a hasty fight, you know, between the governments and the scammers and the, you know, all the craziness of the technology and the ups and downs. Um, but you have guys like BlackRock, which I'm not a fan of. All right. But, you know, they've got nine trillion dollars if you add up their gdp compared to all the countries in the world they're the third largest country in the world you know you and then you have guys like fidelity charles schwab um jp morgan chase you add up all of them they are the biggest country in the world um and so that money is flowing into the blockchain jp morgan chase is working on decentralized finance right now bringing in real world assets onto the blockchain so we're going to see the stock market uh we're going to see real estate we've we've uh we have a tokenized real estate project where you can buy tokenized real estate uh and you own the economic rights uh of the the profits and you just get money airdropped to your wallet once a month when the tenant pays 
Um, and so there's all sorts of really, really cool things coming up that we can do with tokenization. Um, and the institutions are coming, man. The, the ETF filings for Bitcoin, you think that's going to stop there? Heck no. They're going to go to Ethereum, which Ethereum is, you know, planting more and more of its seed in the ground as a commodity. Um, you're going to see other cryptos out there that are going to become uh, ETFs. And, and they're going to create probably their, their little blockchain, you know, that's uh, somewhat guarded. Uh, but it's coming, man. It's coming in it. And it's coming within the next two or three years, you know, for like the stock market and all that stuff, probably 10 to 15. But for the things to start happening, like tokenized real estate, there's already thousands of properties already tokenized. And I see within the next couple of years, probably get up to the, in the millions. Um, and, and so it's coming. These are the things that I just see every day because I'm entrenched in it. But I forget not everybody's in crypto, you know? Um, yeah. And so, but they'll, they'll see it when it hits. And by then, you know, it's not going to be too late, but you know, all I've had my pound of flesh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Get, get in now before a lot of this stuff is established. So you can establish yourself right alongside some of these major players. Right. Because that 100%. that's one thing. Now I, I do believe that, you know, there is a lot of FUD fear, uncertainty, and doubt that gets spread. And I think that it gets spread to be able to scare a lot of people away. So these systems can be established without our input. Right. Um, yeah. And, you know, just push through some of that because uh, the, the, the best thing you can do to fight that is the education. Um, yeah. And if these people are interested, like you got to remember these, these people want to make money too. And that that's where I think we, we do fight back against a lot of the centralization of the technology itself um, is to get in while they're establishing it because you actually get some sort of a say. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And that, and we're seeing that, right? Like with DAOs, decentralized autonomous organizations, where, you know, you're by the amount of tokens that you hold, you're able to actually vote and determine the direction of the project that you're that you know you're passionate about. Uh, and most cryptocurrencies nowadays are DAOs and and allow that. So you know, I I, I think that again, the cat's out of the bag now. Uh, now it's just a matter of letting it grow and, and gain its own, uh, strength. But at the end of the day, like Elon Musk said it best, like, you know, somebody asked if they thought, you know, crypto or fiat currency was going to be the the next, uh, real currency that we're using or CBDCs. And he said, I think personally, it's going to be the one who provides the most value. And I mean, think of CBDCs, what value is a digital currency? We already have digital currency for the most part. We all spend it on a visa. It just doesn't clear immediately, but who cares about that? The end user doesn't see that, right? They don't, that most people don't understand that their, their purchases don't clear in an instant, right? Crypto is just a way for us to transfer value faster. But here's the thing. If they're still printing unlimited amounts of currency, if they're still able to play the interest rate, like your favorite CD, what's the difference? Nothing changed, right? It's just more control over your money 
And so I think once people realize that and they're like, huh, maybe I want some Bitcoin, maybe I want some Monero, they can't control this, you know, um, and it's way more freer. And maybe there's some more guardrails, you know, in the future, which I think that they're coming um, so that you, you know, maybe these, these scammer wallets are identified long before there's a connection between certain wallets. So they, they, you know, it automatically prompts you, you're about to send money to a scammer or something like that, you know? Um, yeah. Some sort that, of reporting system. I would yeah. actually, we, I, I actually wouldn't mind seeing something like that is be able to report known scams. Well, you know, like our company, like we practice what we preach. We actually pay, um, our contractors and vendors in crypto, uh, majority of them. Uh, and you know, they, we teach them crypto and all that stuff, but, um, you know, we use a system called fireblocks, which is a multi-sig, probably the top multi-sig in the world. And, um, and we already have access to those wallets. Like, so if I'm about to send money to a wallet, it'll that blacklisted wallet or you know it's affiliated wallets will pop up in fireblock saying hey this is a scammer uh, or this wallet has been linked to scams before in the past are you sure you want to send this and so it's coming it's coming it's just uh takes time these things take time to build so yeah i mean the the traditional finance world has had you know what seems like millennia to be able to uh multiple millennia to be able to do what is already established and now this is an entire new frontier 100 100 so they're they we're we're gonna get them kicked out of finance uh where DeFi will be finance you know in the in the near future not decentralized finance just the way we're gonna do business and we're working hard to make sure that that happens through education well, honestly, I I think that is absolutely perfect. Uh, the, this is a perfect time for people to to jump in and and learn something that you're going to have to deal with one way or another, uh, whether you like it or not. This is coming. This is going to be adopted by institutions all over the place. So learn it now, while you know everything's being formed, everything's getting set up. So you actually have a real good grasp on exactly what's happening, which is exactly why I was so excited to have you on. Um, somebody who's out there offering their services to teach people. Um, education doesn't come free, unfortunately. Um, or fortunately, either way, because I think it's awesome that you make money from this, but you also provide a really good service. Um, Jacob, so. let me tell you, it's funny. Uh, and I, I encourage anybody who's starting a business to test this out. Um, the, the more you give out for free, the less the student is going to commit. Um, when the student commits financially, it's almost like a contract with them and themselves to like stay accountable because they don't want to lose that money. Uh, and so like I say, fortunately, like when I, when I pay for things like that and I know that I'm going to get value out of it, I'm like, cool, because this is going to hold my feet to the fire. Because I don't, if I just got it for free and I've given our course away for free at the beginning, nobody showed up. Nobody showed up. 
And then we started charging and I was like, oh, I guess we just needed a charge. <laughs> People would just <laughs> listen. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, that is actually pretty funny because it, it does show uh, people that this this is actually serious and you you can actually get something from this um, besides I'm I'm all pro free market so if yep. if it's something you're interested in yeah it's it's not going to come free but it's an investment right you you invest some money up front and you learn where to go from there 100% 100%. So, well, cool, on that on that I think we'll wrap it up and uh here's here's the website for uh anyone interested arcrypto.io is the website which is also down in the episode description. Make sure and go check these guys out and like I said, this is a technology that's that's here to stay. Uh it it will be the centralized with without being centralized it, it's going to be the, the hub of everything and you need to jump in and you need to learn this also uh, some of the fears that you know i myself personally or some of my listeners would have we've got we've got an opportunity to be able to harness this technology before people with nefarious intentions harness all of it and we have no say in it and it's used against us uh and that's how we do it is through education provided by organizations such as this and so on that uh do you want to give a shout out to your uh your socials or whatever you have going on where people can find you yeah you can reach me at um wealth renegade on um both uh instagram and then also on YouTube, um, my YouTube channel right now is just a bunch of shorts, but we're starting to come up with a long form, more long form content. Uh, but those are the two places that if you want to keep up and keep learning more, uh, maybe before actually jumping in, um, we'll, we'll be able to give you some, some good alpha there. Awesome. Yeah. Give, give people a little bit of a taste before they, they take the plunge. Well, awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. I would definitely like to get you back on at some point to get an update on exactly what's going on uh, in the market, kind of just where things are going as uh, this entire community and entire ecosystem develops. Because uh, I'm always curious about it, especially with somebody who uh, knows exactly what they're talking about. So yeah. with I mean, that... I yeah, definitely. I'll, I'll keep in touch and we'll, we'll do this again. Cause this was fun. This was definitely fun. Awesome. Jacob. Thank you so much. Grateful that you had me on, man. Anytime, anytime you're always welcome. So with that, thank you so much for tuning in to rise to Liberty. Uh, make sure to check us out at rise to liberty.com slash links, which is where you can find your preferred platform. It's uh, everywhere we are on the internet. Make sure to follow multiple platforms because our big tech overlords, like to make sure that uh, we are not growing, not seen, uh, we can't be shared with other people. So make sure to get out there. That reminds me, hit the like, subscribe, share, comment, do all that stuff that we always have to say. Uh, it's a good way to fight back. Um, screw the censors. That's pretty much all I got to say. And uh, with that, um, until next time, stay free, my friends.